Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome. Welcome to episode 77 of Sports Click and Politics. Let me make uh, some video adjustments for our uh, video people so they will see our in-house guests because right now I have last week's video on, so it looks like you're not here. Well, there's a big blank screen where you're at right now. Mr. Husong, welcome back while I fix the, uh, fix the uh, camera here. It's great to be back. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't get any better looking during my little hiatus. We'll find out in a second if you're any better looking. Hold on. I mean, it couldn't have gotten worse, I guess, so that you got that going for you. I mean, I think I'm about the same. Still covering up the face with the beard. There you are. Hold on. All right. Let the people see you. Right, let me. There you are. Hey, guys. Hey, Mr. Husong. It's good to be back in studio. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. My apologies. Thanks for bearing with us through that. We're very happy to have you back. Believe it or not, I do have other things to do except this podcast. I know that's hard to fathom. That's no excuse. But every now and then, my schedule gets a little bit caught up, and I uh, I can't quite swing it. So I apologize, but I'm back. We're back. We're back. Well, we're happy to have you. And how about everybody smash that like button for having Ben Husong back in the studio? Is that a is that a thing? Let's set a record today for the most likes ever. That's a thing. I like it. Um, so please do that. Share this video. Like this video. Let all your friends and family know about the video Obviously. and the show and the podcast. And if you guys are listening to the audio version, wherever you may listen, in your home, in your car, wherever you are, I just made a rhyme. You're so good. Please uh, leave us a uh, five-star rate and review and uh, know that uh, we'll be back again. This helps us uh, get exposure in the uh, algorithms and uh, helps us uh, fight back against uh, uh, suppression. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. How was your uh, weekend, Mr. Husong? Uh, my weekend was fine. You didn't know football on the weekend because it's football tonight for you. I know. Tonight is, is the football night. Um, it was a good weekend overall. Did some uh, coaching of flag football. Got together with some friends. Uh, the ice cream shop is shutting down next weekend, so it's been a little bit wild. My wife's been uh, around the clock there. Seasonal thing? Uh, yeah, we're going to shut it down for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, and then we'll reopen little by little and work our way back up to full time. And, and ice cream weather? Yeah, it's it's a little chilly right now. Did you know that uh, the consumption of ice cream correlates almost identical with shark attacks? I did, and I've, I've established causation based on that. <laughs> of When people eat ice cream, it naturally leads to more shark attacks. You're killing people, just so you know. I mean, You're it's worth grandmas. it, though, because the ice cream kids. is that good. Oh, All well, right, fair. let's just be clear. <laughs> fair. So, you're welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, we're all happy to have you back, Mr. Husong. That's all I'm saying. Let's. Uh, Great to be here. I know we we touched on it a little bit, but uh, the Bills probably the most is like when's the last time the Bills Patriots game mattered? Do you remember? Two years ago. Okay. I mean, I just don't remember. I'm not saying that was a long time ago. I just don't remember a game. But prior that. to that, like never. <laughs> so, do you remember the Lawyer Malloy game by chance? Where Vaguely. the where uh, lawyer Malloy was a uh, what longtime Patriot, and then the very he signed with the Bills. Like maybe he got cut in preseason or something. They signed with the Bills. I can't remember exactly how it transpired, but I think Me that's either. close. But anyway, this very first game of the year, Patriots were you know still like a Super Bowl favorite. The Bills were not that year, and the Bills whipped them on opening day, week one. I was there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not I was bad. watching the Steelers Ravens game on the TV for the most part, but I was in a box. Nice. Yeah. 
Good for my you. Boss, my boss had invited me to a box there, so that was the game. So that's the way to watch a game if you're going to go in person. Yeah, especially when you don't care about the two teams that are playing, oh. and you're like, oh, look, I got a whole flock of TVs over here I can just stare at instead. So I was f- following my fantasy team. But yeah, uh, Little known facts about Lawyer Malloy. He was one of Ralph Wilson Jr.'s favorite players to the point that as Ralph Wilson was obviously quite a bit older by the time Lawyer Malloy got into the league, Ralph Wilson used to drive his golf cart down in the car in the field in the middle of practice and get Laurie Malloy to go out for tuna melts. So that actually happened. Like, imagine, like, can't figure out why this team wasn't so good for a decade. Ralph Wilson was great. <laughs> Just rolling on the field like, come on, man, we're going to go eat lunch. So uh, any other hot takes from uh, NFL? I mean, we have, uh, I guess the usuals all won. The, uh, maybe the upset, maybe my Steelers. Is that the upset of the, I mean, no. hold on, hold on. I mean, the, the Vikings aren't good. I don't care. The first win of the season for the Lions. Does for that the take the Lions? Right. I think you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, it does at least remove the tie as the badge of honor for the Lions season. That was the Steelers tie. So now I'm the so Steelers. disappointed because if they would have had an 0 16 <laughs> season and an 0 15 and one season, it would have been the greatest thing ever. But yeah. it's fine. Like I'm happy for them in reality because they do play very hard. Yeah, I mean they've been in almost all these games, right? Which is crazy. So, it's uh, hard to believe they've lost that many close games. Remember the 50-whatever-yard the field goal by the Tucker? Yeah. It was 60-something-yard field Justin goal. Justin Tucker from yeah. like 66. So he's the best ever. But, but yeah, so the, but the, I still think the biggest upset, because I am not think the Steelers are any good, yeah. is that the Steelers beat the uh, division-leading Ravens. Way more meaningful of an upset. Like, I mean, to to the playoff picture. For sure, yeah. Way more, more impactful, yeah. Yes. I mean, not for the Steelers, because they're still not. They're on the no. outside. I mean, I guess technically they're still alive, but I mean, they're really on the outside looking in. Yeah. But the, the, for playoff seating, that really does help your bills, yeah? A little I, bit? It can't hurt, that's for sure. Or the Patriots, I mean, I guess depending on whoever wins tonight. Yeah, I mean, they're going to play each other twice in the next four weeks. Yeah, so that's fun. That's, that's going to be an interesting one. I, Mac Jones. I still am Mac not Jones a, season. I, I, listen, I'm not. I can't say I'm a believer in the Bills at this point, but I'm also not a believer in the Patriots. Like I know they won a bunch in a row, but their their most impressive wins all season have come against the Chargers, which are a good team, the Browns, which are you know above average team, and the Titans with half their team injured and Derrick Henry not playing. Outside of that, like congratulations, you beat up on the Jets twice. I, yay, good for you. Like oh, you beat the Panthers. Quite the accomplishment of, I, like, it's just there's not that many impressive wins. I, and again, it's not like the Bills have been blowing anybody away, so please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I just don't understand the love for the Patriots. Yeah, because the Bills and the Patriots got to have almost identical schedules for the most part. They're going to end I mean, up with you know, close. Yes. I mean, maybe like 12 of the same opponents, probably, because they're playing. Yeah, yeah, pretty close. So, I mean, they're playing basically the same schedule, so it's hard to kill them too hard on their schedule but i'm not gonna kill them but i'm just saying hey, you get two head-to-heads right you get yes. two head-to-heads and that's all get, that's all that matters see what happens and i never count out the patriots but i do think the bills are just a better football team and the bills should win the game tonight i'm just interested to see if the bills can hold themselves together if they lose let's not find out bills fans not the bills themselves like i feel like the bills organization uh, is totally fine it's the bills fans that i'm actually interested to see if they can hold themselves together they if they lose to the patriots yeah no, we can't there's no there's no question it, that would just be too disheartening yeah i do think the uh the league has split to the, probably the top 3 teams the cardinals the packers and the uh bucks are i feel like just any one of those 3 could be in the super bowl Probably all three of those would be the favorite in the Super Bowl if any of them got there. I'm guessing the Patriots probably have the would have the best odds of getting there and winning. But I think all three of those teams are the best teams. The Patriots? 
the Buccaneers. I met maybe I met Tom Brady. There you go. I had Tom Brady on my brain, and I was just talking Patriots. But the Bucks. <laughs> Your boy Antonio Brown got in some trouble. I kind of gained some respect for Antonio Brown again after. But that. then he went and got vaccinated. <laughs> it's like he had a fake card. He got caught three game suspension, and oh, apparently he actually did go and get fully vaccinated. Yeah. Do you think he did that, or do you think he did one of the? Oh, I know. Uh, I know somebody who can do care. the shot and fill out a card. I kind don't of care because I know that happens. Like, dude, just pay pay people that work for you, so this will stop happening to you. I've never seen anybody so talented with so many self inflicted unnecessary harm with so much self-inflicted unnecessary harm yeah well, this dude just can't get out of his own way yeah he apparently hates the service industry pe- yeah in a lot of different ways right and what the hell is wrong with that dude so oh my god yeah man. but i don't i mean again. we're not gonna go into my fantasy i have one year-long fantasy team but it has antonio brown and kelvin ridley on it so what that hurts I? yeah <laughs> that hurts the team for sure so like eh, i got two flakes on my team but anyway yeah, they, so they, both, they, um, they crapped out on you yeah i mean you know whatever um, after that though, after those three teams, it's really a hodgepodge. I do I like agree. the Rams. I think the Rams are probably still good. As far as my thoughts on if they could win it all, the Rams would be next on my list, I think. So they would, if I'm going to do a power five, they would be four. And then after that, I, you know, again, it's really the, the bills, the Patriots, the Titans, the chiefs, the Cowboys, the Ravens, all these teams are eight and four. Or seven and four, if seven and four the board. Yeah. The Bills, they just played one less game. But I don't see any distinction between any of them. Obviously, the Chiefs are in there. They're playing five in a row. So your Chiefs are back in uh, form a little bit. Form. The Chiefs. Yeah, no. It's still the Chiefs. It's yeah. still Pat Mahomes. Like, it's still a good football team. So yeah, I, I mean, know. I expect them to be in the playoffs. I mean, obviously. For sure. So, and I don't know that I never expected them not to make the playoffs, the, I guess. But, I mean, it the was, Colts, they were definitely playing well. Colts have been impressive lately. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I was, Taylor, their defense is really good. Um, and Jonathan Taylor yeah, is he's a, a man. man. Yeah, he's a man amongst boys in a lot of ways. Holy so. goodness. But, I mean, at 7-6, and six, they're they're way down the pack. In yeah. the, uh, I mean, they're okay in the AFC position. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're still vying for a playoff for sure. But, yeah, I don't know. The AFC, I feel like, is a notch below the NFC, especially since the best three teams, maybe the best four teams, are all in the NFC. So, NFC... Sh- I would bet any one of those four teams over those the first four teams that I mentioned over any AFC team. I mean, listen, including my, my the hesitation. Chiefs. You would have said the same thing last year about the uh, Chiefs. Chiefs over sure. the Bucks. Like, yeah. There was the Bucks were like a middle of the road team. They were not even considered to be one of the top. Like it's early, so let's see what happens with the well, playoffs. Let's see what shakes out because I do think ultimately once you get to that level of you're in a top ten team. It's not a ridiculous prospect to think the number 10 team can beat the number one team on any given yeah, Sunday. I mean, listen, the Steelers and the Giants have both been six seeds and won the Super Bowl, right? right. So you got to get in, you get in, you can win. So Yeah, that's it. Um, I don't know. Did the, the Lions move out of your out of the bottom cellar? Nice. I How had good? to. They won a game. Yeah, no, that's deserving. I put the Texans in instead because they are just awful. Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor is not getting the job done. But to be fair, nobody could on this team, so... I understand. I'm not really blaming him. Yeah, the uh, I, I gave the Texans the bottom spot, and I gave the Lions the number two spot out of my, just mostly generosity because I felt like, you want a game, come out of the cellar. Uh, after that, I got the Jets and then the Jaguars, and then I moved the Bears in mostly because they stink. You're not a big Andy Dalton fan? I love Andy Dalton. I mean, I love Andy Dalton as a Steeler fan because it was just a lot of easy wins over the years. So, actually, it was just... Handed us wins sometimes. Literally, the dude is a turnover machine and big, big. 
Yeah, he's game, not so. an elite quarterback. He would have his games against you know mediocre teams or poor teams, or he would light it up, especially when he had AJ Green and freaking all those. I mean, he, he, there was DJ a time Kuzman where he had Zada. he had yeah he had good yeah good offense there, but you know he would always implode on and on the big stage. So yeah, every time this I was always happy when we had to play Andy Dalton. I guess not a believer that Andy yeah, Dalton is going to lead this. Listen, here's the reality: just like on the top five on the bottom side of things, it could go any direction. Yeah, you could for I sure. could give you the Panthers, the Falcons. I mean, I could make a case for the Giants. Like, there's so many teams I could just put into that bottom spot. So that's really the rotating one of. And if you want to argue, I'm probably not going to argue too hard because none of them are, are very good. So I mentioned that the the, the uh, you know that we talked about the Patriots. They've won six in a row going into tonight. Yeah. The Chiefs have won five in a row. Yeah. Do you know who else has won five in a row? Who has won five in a row? Five in a row? No. And they now sit at six and seven. So they've won five in a row after starting one and seven. Who would that team be, Mr. Hughesong? I have no idea. You're Miami Dolphins. Oh, I could see that. So playing well. I don't know. Six and seven. Back, good in, back, team all along. back into the mix a little bit, right? I mean, right middle of the pack. So That's what I mean. Like the, Miami is a good football team. I couldn't believe how bad of a start they got off to, but I'm not shocked that they're turning it around. They're very yeah. well coached. I, mean, they have very I haven't good been talent. impressed by Tua, but eh, win's a win, right? So. Right, listen, I think Tua is not the answer, but outside of that, they have a good team. And he's okay, but he's just not going to get it done on the big stage. There's a reason they were going after Deshaun Watson. Yeah, for sure. All right. right? Like, it's so. not because they're so comfortable with their current quarterback position. Yeah. yeah. But five in a row is five in a row. Yeah. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about crypto crash. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. Can we put think, crash in air quotes? Uh, yeah. I mean, considering, I don't know, look over my uh, over my head. We're back at $49,185, Mr. Hughesong. Watch out now. That being said, Bitcoin uh, specifically dropped to as low as 42000 by the for, I think I think it, from where it was, I feel like it was what at fifty. It must, it must, it must have been like at fifty seven. So it must have dropped like fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, in uh, like twelve hours, and then it went way down. Yeah, forty two, forty two, one thirty three. I think was the low. But anyway, so and all of the oh, I see a forty two oh one nineteen here in my in my article that I'm reading here as the low. But so right around forty two thousand. And as we just pointed out, has already rebounded back. This was, uh, what, two days ago? Overnight, yeah. two nights ago. Um, already rebounded back to 49000 So closing in again back onto uh, the uh, psychological uh, resistance of 50000 But, I mean, I don't know. This is not your first rodeo with crypto, but uh, and not mine either. So, I don't know. Did you buy any of the dips, or did you think this is the end of the bull market, or are you uh, just kind of just hodling on the way down? I just hodled on the way down. So. It doesn't even register on my um, on my radar anymore. It's almost a blip. I literally tried to buy. I, I had like $300 in my, my Coinbase account, so I was like, oh, I'll just buy it. I'll just put it. As I'm looking, I'm like, all right, what do I want to buy it at if it goes down? I'm like, all right. If it goes down to 43500 by the time I entered it, it had already gone down and back up and passed to 45000 I was like, what the hell just happened? It literally, it was <laughs> like a millisecond. So anyway. I I think it's, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a hodler all the way. Um We'll see what happens with it. I don't own a lot of Bitcoin, as we've talked about before. I think I got about 10 bucks worth just from... And this, and like I said, this was just the Pied Piper, right? So Bitcoin led all cryptos down. Yep. You know, this was on the heels of a, kind of a tumultuous uh, market yep. environment in general. So there was a lot of, lot of volatility going on. But Bitcoin, down but not out. Back up to 49,000, uh, almost 200 here. So uh, I don't know. As Hooray. we always do, we'll keep an eye on that and all the other uh, crypto uh, movements. But I still don't understand what makes it go up and down like this. I just don't get it. I don't um, understand the swings. Buyers and sellers? I, allegedly. I mean, listen, we pointed out the very, almost none of 
the majority of the Bitcoin is actually being transacted. It's a very small amount right. that's actually dictating the uh, price action. So, which is, you know, something to, be, to note. Yeah, something to note for sure. So, um, yeah, what is it? Eighty-five percent of Bitcoins have not been sought, bought or sold in the last twelve months. Yeah. So you're talking fifteen percent of the Bitcoin is driving price swings of twenty percent. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, but El Salvador bought the dip. Good for El Salvador. El Salvador bought the dip. I so. mean, what else are they going to do? Of course, they bought the dip. <laughs> they're going to be the. They're going to literally going to be the capital of the world in like ten years, just not Bitcoin. Yeah. Um. You know what else crashed over the uh, weekend? Cuomo yeah. Brothers. Oh, yeah. That was a. That was the Cuomo a Brothers day. crashed and died and burned. Uh, I think the Babylon Bee put it nice that the uh, unemployment of Cuomo Brothers has now reached one hundred percent. So if you haven't heard, CNN host Chris Cuomo, Fredo. Fredo, otherwise uh, known as uh, Andrew Cuomo's little brother, uh, was let go, fired from his position at CNN. Uh, he had been temporary or indefinitely suspended uh, pending an investigation, and that investigation has ended, or at least they got enough a uh, point into the investigation that they no longer uh, required Mr. Cuomo's services, and uh, he is now unemployed along with his brother. What a shame. You think they're going to open up like a deli? No. No, I think they're going to go open up a consulting firm for politics in Wall Street. How to get out of sexual assault accusations. So much freaking money, it's going to be unbelievable. So, you remember we talked about uh, Andrew Cuomo's, one of his accusers, and how she had a uh, record or a history of uh, accusations, uh, maybe going back to Hamilton College we mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I find it interesting that in reality... Chris Cuomo was not fired for helping his brother find dirt on his accusers, but he was fired because he was, there was an accusation of made against himself as well. Now the lawyer for the girl who was uh, representing or the lawyer who was representing the girl from Hamilton college and accused uh, Chris Cuomo was also the lawyer accusing uh, or of Andrew Cuomo is also accusing Chris Cuomo's accuser as the lawyer of Chris Cuomo's accuser. So one big happy family, or do you think there's just a big, they're just going after the Cuomo brothers. I'm, I mean, I think there's some of that. I think some. I think a lot of this is I mean, just listen, going after the Cuomo's. Know, they, they seem like to be not well-liked people. So, like, if people are trying to uh, fulfill vendettas, they seem like yes. able targets. They finally got their opportunity, and they're taking it. If you could have gone with the king, you best not miss. And uh, I don't think they're missing on this one. They're, they're coming out guns blazing. Um, this is, I believe, to be the end of the Cuomo's politically speaking. I don't know how you come back from that. Um, and I mean, they're just Italian, Mr. Hussong. What an utter embarrassment it was. If you're like a big pro-media person and you, you still believe in the legacy media, you're, you're probably not listening to this show, admittedly. But <laughs> on the off chance, you stumble onto this video clip or audio. Um, if you were not embarrassed by Chris Cuomo interviewing Andrew Cuomo and how wholly inappropriate it was... While the nursing home order was in effect, while senior citizens in New York are dying of COVID at record numbers as a direct result of this nursing home order, and then covering up the data, Andrew Cuomo literally ordered the data to be manipulated and covered up, and everybody went along with it, and his brother is interviewing him on a supposed news network with no opinion programming whatsoever, with a giant Q-tip prop and talking about how he's so thankful and he's so amazed by his brother's handling of the response. And you just, I'm so amazed by you. 
that is such a low point. Like, think about reading that in a history Who do you think's idea was the Q-tip? It's got to be Chris. Chris Cuomo thought he was funny. I mean, but Kind of like about, when he was lifting that 100-pound dumbbell? Yeah. Like, Did you ever see that? Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> think about literally reading that in a history book of the guy who's, like, leading the state with the most COVID deaths goes on TV with his brother for, like, a comedy half hour, three nights out of the week. You'd be like... Uh, why did nobody say like, "Hey, this is weird and wrong"? You're like, yeah, some. I mean, people, people were some people, not enough. I mean, granted, literally, like the the total viewership of CNN at this point is crashing. A like, hundred thousand people are watching at any given time in a country of three hundred and thirty million. Yeah, that should indicate your message is not resonating. And so, I haven't looked into this a lot, but I I see that the uh, the uh, media rumor mill is that uh, the whatever CEO president of CNN, uh, Zucker, Jeff Zucker, formerly of the guy uh, who got NBC. Trump elected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is will no longer be serving in that role by the end of the year that they have a new person in charge at CNN. Uh, somebody from the discovery channel, I think. Oh, maybe. I did read this and they're Returned trying to get to back news. to news, ba- you know, box score news. That's what I always wanted ESPN to be just box scores instead of yeah. all the nonsense that uh, went along with it. Like literally they could just not talk and just show me box scores. Remember and how fun sports center used to be. Yeah. And then it just got dumb. It got crazy. Yeah. So, now, I listen, good. I hope they do go back to news. I think that was their best bet. I think that what they have become is an embarrassment to news. Um, and they want to, they have a show that literally just watches Fox News and complains about it. Like reliable sources, that's basically their entire show is they watch Fox News and then tell you why you should be upset about what Fox News said. I, it's, it's unbelievable watching what has happened and how much their entire network went all in on Russian collusion, even well after it was obvious that it was nothing there. Like, this is nothing. You have nothing. These people, Adam Schiff showing up on CNN like, I've seen the proof and it is irrefutable. And then they got him under oath and he was like, I haven't seen anything. Like, Adam, at least Adam Schiff still has MSNBC to get a job too. after he's done with politics, because absolutely you know, true. I mean, Correct. CNN is now maybe if they uh, change, maybe they'll have to uh, get rid of some of the uh, uh, intelligence security assets that they've been using as uh, hosts for the last decade. But anyway, so uh, let the useful tools. Keep we'll see what happens to CNN. We'll keep an eye on it. They suck right now. So, but good they on them suck. for getting MSNBC rid of Chris Cuomo. Sucks. And uh, you know, let's call it progress. Yeah, I mean, progress in the media again. It's not, he should be fired for this. He also, like, I can't, still can't fathom how they let him interview his brother every day at that point of, like, pretending the, like all these people were not dying. It was for our safety, Mr. It's Gibson. amazing. Remember we were having that argument with people left and right at the time of, like, like, he's handling it so well. Like, ten times more people are dying here than anywhere else. What do you think? Well, it hit here first. No, it didn't. It hit here, like, no, 15th. Literally the same reason why I feel like a lot of some of our local politicians get praise undeservingly is just because they're poised in a press conference like i mean literally cuomo won an emmy obviously it's been rescinded but good it was it was their ability to present information to the masses that got him any kind of respect at all it was like such a low bar to reach and the information that they were giving was terrible so and obviously we we, we know about what happened with cuomo and then the stenographers working at the news yeah. organizations just go and repeat it as if it's verbatim and gospel truth and say see here it is. Yeah. This yeah. is what it is. And, and some of us who are asking questions going, no, that doesn't make sense. That that doesn't line up at all. Like, why are we having so many more people dying here than anywhere else? What are we doing differently? Well, it just hit here first and our population density is high. Well, it didn't hit here first. That, it's been well established. 
and you can't draw any correlation to population density. Like, uh, trust me, we, we looked into this early on, and I was under the assumption it was all population density. That was the big factor. You couldn't even draw a correlation once you got international. Like, once you started looking at cities around the world with high population densities, New York City's not even in the top 50 for the most densely populated cities in the world. There was no justification other than we handled it wrong. We sent the old folks into nursing homes, and we put everybody and their mother on a ventilator for the better part of two months. All to write a book. All so that we could stop the spread and so that we could write a book entitled Lessons in Leadership. Solid. God help me. Peak. If you ever labeled yourself as a Cuomo-sexual, you deserve to live in embarrassment <laughs> for the rest of your life. Peak, peak New York right Holy here. goodness. All right. Let's uh let's touch on a disturbing story before we uh, come back to what's disturbing in New I mean, York now. Yeah, I yeah, mean I'm just gonna right. wet the whistle. Is that a bad analogy? I for... mean in this case, yes. <laughs> but let's talk about uh we were bo- we were both I'm I'm gonna share this uh I don't so just for you guys know, usually I share links in our description notes. Um, somebody told me that that's a bad idea for the algorithms and that YouTube uh, shuns on links outside of YouTube oh, and therefore on. suppresses their exposure to... You're ruining the whole thing. You're so ruining the algorithm. what I did, just for everybody, I just shared that link in the uh, chat so you guys can follow along if you want to read along there. Um, I did add an excerpt in the description to kind of give an idea of what each of the articles are there about. So uh, I'm, I'm going to try to make a more effort to uh, post those articles on our social media site so that you guys can read them and go find them there but i'm not going to include them in our descriptions for a little while to see if that changes anything in the uh the algorithms. i like it. but anyway uh so i did share that article in the uh group chat and so if you guys want to go there and uh obviously the audio users you will have to go find our maybe on our twitter and our, so- or our facebook page to find this article but if you want to read it um let me just read the headline this is uh first of all from bud buzzfeed news uh written by Jason Leopold and Anthony Cormier. And it was uh, published on December 1st. Secret CIA, CIA files say staffers committed sex crimes involving children. And the subtitle, Declassified CIA Inspector General reports show a pattern of abuse and a repeated decision by federal prosecutors not to hold agency personnel accountable. So, Over the past 14 years, uh, the CIA has secretly amassed uh, credible evidence that at least 10 of its employees and and or contractors committed sexual crimes involving children. Mr. Husong, I know you read the article, but um, Mm. how many of those 10 were charged with a crime? One. 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 One One out of 10. Um, This is with credible evidence amassed against all 10. uh, One was charged with a crime. All the other nine were all referred back to the CIA for internal discipline, which, (coughs) excuse me, which resulted in either uh, them getting fired for sexual contact with a two and a six year old. So, you know, the harshest punishment probably allowable with under CAA law, uh, uh, you're being fired. A couple of them resigned, probably collecting full pension here. So this is just an additional pattern of uh, abuse is probably an understatement. But nefarious actions taken by our intelligence agencies, I mean, I've, I've already called for the disbandment of the FBI. I don't understand why the CAA I- exists at all, especially if, and I'm going to quote this, I remember reading this to you this morning here, Mr. Husong, CAA insiders say the agency resists prosecution of its staff for fear that cases will reveal state secrets. So, I guess if you want to go uh, diddle kids, you just get a job at the intelligence agency and, you know, 
just try to stay within some level of line that they won't some blurry line that you can't cross at the CIA and uh, get full pension and uh, whatever because uh, you basically because your uh, classification status you're allowed to do so. This is disturbing. It's horrifying. It's like you're talking about. We always joke about James Bond license to kill, and if that's a thing or whatever else. If there is no fear of repercussions, then you have the ability to do whatever you want. You are above the law, and and, and your resources are, you know, as, as a CIA agent, are plentiful. Yes, let's go with that. Yeah. Um. So I I just don't know what to make of this because it's just it's so disturbing to think about the fact that this is apparently what we know about is this. So I'm sure there's more and I'm sure it's been covered up and I'm having a hard time getting to the point where I can say we're definitely the good guys on the world stage because between the Epstein stuff where at best we knew at best our intelligence agency was well aware of the fact that Epstein at all were getting rich, powerful people around the world in compromising positions involving children and sex and using that as leverage over them. Um, that's, is that, is that what the good guys do? Are we sure? Like that's that we're, what kind of intelligence are we getting that we can say it's worth sacrificing this child's well being just so that we can own this politician or power broker or business person or whatever. Um, I, I don't know what you could be getting that would be worth it. That's yeah, my, I mean, that's my two cents. Like, you know, I was just saying this before we started that they just need to be, you know, they need to reshuffle the deck there. They just need to start over with the FBI and the CAA because they're out of control. There's nothing checking them. They're, and listen, our government is out of control and there's nothing checking our government. And this is just our a symptom of our government. Listen, our government admitted to accidentally bombing seven foreign aid workers and upon investigation concluded nobody did anything wrong and nobody deserved to go have any punishment whatsoever. That's the state of our government right now is we killed seven innocent people that were overseas in Afghanistan, just providing aid, including children. And the, the conclusion of our investigation was nope, nobody did anything wrong. It's just an unfortunate occurrence. Not even a slap on the wrist. Not Nobody even got demoted. Nobody even got like, hey, who's the one who gathered the intelligence that said these people were terrorists? Oh, and who's the one who decided to go and lie about it and cover it up until the video actually was made public by some third-party source and you couldn't deny it any longer? Like, that's that's who's running things right now in this country. That's terrifying. I, I mean, genuinely, that we can't figure out why people might not like us. I got a theory, like stop dropping bombs on people just because they're poor and brown. It seems like a crazy idea, I know, but stop telling me this is for my national security that you're going and blowing up freaking peasant farmers in the mountains of Afghanistan, and I'm supposed to believe that's keeping me safe in upstate New York? I feel safer. My God, thank God for you guys. 
Yeah, and I'll end on I'll end on with this. The uh, this is a former official, so who knows what the who that quote is? But re- referring to these declassified Inspector General reports, this is a quote from a CIA lawyer: "We can't have these people testify. They may inadvertently be forced to disclose sources and methods." Right. So, like, it's not even they're not even worrying about information; they're actually <laughs> being worried about their sources and methods being exposed. I mean, crazy town. I mean, they they're literally just evil evil agencies. I mean, the people within there. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's very good people inside. Yeah, individually, the top seem sure. to be corrupted beyond belief. But the agency so. is is lost its way for sure. So, what to say shame. the least. To say the least. Yeah. All right. Want to talk Omicron? Yeah. How long we got? Because I think we can cover it in eight Tw- seconds. Twenty eight minutes. All right. Um, and we got a lot to cover at the end. So I know. Omicron still making its way through the uh, the world, if you will. Sure. I saw that we were up to 17 states. Yeah. I think that's something right. like 40 cases. Everybody's freaking out. They got travel restrictions and vaccine mandates all piling on on top of the Omicron variant. We found out that it's pretty mild. Most people just get tired, headaches, you know. And it seems to be like replacing the Delta variant with a more mild yeah, I mean, version. I don't know if you saw that Bloomberg announced that Omicron could be the end of COVID-19 pandemic. I was told it was going to be vaccines. Uh, it's going to be natural immunity caused by a contagious variant that doesn't is going to spread and doesn't harm anybody. We kind of all knew that from the beginning. But but either way, natural immunity for the win because the vaccines haven't helped against Delta or uh, Omicron apparently. But Omicron does is not living up to the hype. Omicron was nothing but hype from the get-go. Like, let's just call it what it is. There was never any reason to suspect that this was going to be some more deadly version. Even the doctor in South Africa that uh, is credited with identifying um, Omicron came out. When she first brought it out, was like, yeah, it's pretty mild. It's basically a cold. The mortality rate seems to be much lower. The hospitalization rate's lower, but it is a new variant, and it does seem to beat the vaccines with very little problems. Yeah, she had wondered aloud why people were kind of losing their mind about it. Right, and she like wrote another op-ed asking that of like, what is everybody freaking out? Now, for the conspiratorial-minded among us, yes, there was a little bit of an odd timing where South, the government of South Africa canceled its order of Pfizer vaccines, Pfizer and BioNTech, uh, because not enough of their people were taking them. Low so demand. Very low demand, so they canceled their order, and then was it the next day or a few days later? Uh, the next day. The next day, they came out and said the Omicron is the South African variant, even though that's not necessarily true whatsoever. Nope. It's all over the place. South Africa just happened to identify it. And what did America do? We shut down all travel with South Africa. Can't go back and forth. What are, we what are we doing? We're the best. Honest to God. Not only did we do it, like, let's just say that you are still giving these idiots the full benefit of the doubt. They announced it on a, like a Friday and made it effective Monday. Wow. Thank God we're here to like really take this thing seriously. Uh, I, had, to let the, had to let the weekend travel. What play are you out. doing? <laughs> oh my God. Like, oh yeah, we're just going to stop all traffic because we got to make sure that this variant doesn't get in. All right. So we're going to stop it immediately at least. No, God, no Monday. Right. So everybody's just free to go and come and go between now and Monday. Yeah. Huh. Shocking. Well, okay then. So, but listen, our, uh, our politicians haven't, uh, stopped using it for their own, uh, benefit. So knock me over um, with a feather. We mentioned the travel restrictions, you know, Biden's vaccine mandate. Let's talk about the vaccine mandates actually. So the federal vaccine mandate is over 
two or over three. I feel like at three. the over three. I think it's over. Three. So they, it keeps getting struck down. So I, I saw all fifty states, but I don't know that that's actually true. I think it's more less. I think it's less than that. But anyway, so there are several districts who have struck down Joe Biden's, President Biden's uh, federal vaccine mandate for private employers, and so it's being. Even the 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 um what was the uh, healthcare worker one was was shot down too. Maybe that's the third one that I was thinking of. But I, you know, other states are still using it. Other cities we'll get to in a second are still using the Omicron variant or Delta variant or COVID in general to uh, further their totalitarian agendas. Um, but let's first talk about the federal mandate being blocked. Good news, yes. Um, What's it going to take for this all to just to go away finally and let the federal government be leave us alone? Do you think that's going to happen, or do you think they're just going to continue on with these lawsuits until they can figure out some legal minutiae? I honestly don't know. They're going to keep trying. I don't think they're ever just going to, until they can claim victory and say it's the vaccines that want it, they're not going to stop. So maybe they the federal court blocking uh, has been identified as thwarting that narrative and so they need the omicron to uh basically uh spread across as fastly quickly as possible to uh get everybody uh immune i think they just need to scare the crap out of people is what is what they're doing that seems to be their plan is just keep people afraid if you keep people afraid you keep reminding them why they need you and they need you to keep them safe and people that are in constant state of fear do not make good decisions that's very well settled science that's very well documented science um i I don't know how we get out of this because it's not like the politicians and the Anthony Fauci's are going to be like, yeah, remember when we said everybody was going to need to get vaccinated? That was the only way out. We were wrong. Our bad. Sorry. Turns out that all we actually needed was early effective treatments, and we had to accept that some people were going to die of COVID because it's a respiratory illness, and just like we accept that people die from the flu, we have to accept that as well. Um. As far as Biden and his vaccine mandates go, weird how when you you know try to just by executive order and executive uh, through federal agencies, you try to pass a blatantly unconstitutional law based on very little data that to support you. That every now and then judges go, no, no, you can't do that. There's there's this whole list of rules that says you can't do that, and here's why you can't do that, and. The idea that you would even try is insanity. You had to know this was this was not going to be approved. Yeah, and so it looks like the uh, the Senate is set to vote. This, this is from an article, uh, I think today, twenty five. Yeah, today, uh, the Senate. I'm going to read it right there for a paragraph. That the Senate is set to vote this week on a resolution to nullify President Biden's vaccine mandate for private companies. As Republicans and at least one Democrat push back on the administration's rule requiring vaccines or inconvenient testing rules for workers at large. So that one Democrat senator is Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Yeah, Uh, There's been talking about him switching his party since he won, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, he represents West Virginia. So it's, you know. Weird. It is what it is. Um, Almost like he's got to do the bidding of his constituents and not Nancy Pelosi. I know that seems crazy. But I'm telling you, it, it might be on to some. Or Chuck Schumer, I'm sorry, he's a senator, yeah. not a House. But either way, so it looks as though there may be a block of like any further implementation of this vaccine mandate through legislation, which would be nice, and we have to deal with it through the courts. But um, we'll see if that happens. I'll follow up on that the next week and see if uh, I hear anything about that. But um, hopefully there is some at least clarity <laughs> 
for people. I mean, hopefully it all goes away, but I feel like we always thought this was going to end in the courts, the mandates that is. And so far, that seems like where it all seems to be going and dying so far. How are we at a point where the president of the United States and at least 25% of the population, let's go with that, and I think that might be conservative, believes that the president has the authority to mandate that you get an irreversible medical procedure based on simply the nature of your employer happens to have more than 100 people. How is this real life? Like I said, I I do feel like it's just they're like, hey, let's just go through the motions and see what happens, and we're just going to put all this in place, and then we're going to see how the courts settle it. And then, listen, if they want to do it in the future, they know where their their blocks are, and they can just try to move around them. So um, I'm guessing Uh, this is just a, uh, a beta run. Just a trial run. Yeah. Um, let's also talk about uh, closer to home here. New York City, Mr. Hughesong. God bless Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio, the outgoing mayor, still acting as mayor, or at least acting as a tyrant, um, has decided that, uh, I'll read this right here. Mayor Bill de Blasio announced a COVID vaccine mandate for all private sector employees across the board in New York City. The mandate is set to begin December 27th, two days after Christmas. Um, first in the nation measure, Mr. Hughesong, Mayor de Blasio, keeping us all safe while keeping New York City safe by implementing a vaccine mandate for all private employees. What sayeth you? I say again, you can't do this. You do not have the authority. You are not a king. You are not a dictator. We have a system of government whereby we make rules, and it is not on the whim of of a nut job on his way out the door of being mayor after the biggest mistake to be elected mayor since I don't even know who Bill Tweed. I, I got nothing, man. Like it's been a long time since we've screwed up this bad. We, I'm not in New York city, so I shouldn't say we, since you all screwed up that badly. Um, not only that he's man, he's extended the all indoor dining Vaccine rules to anybody five or older has to be vaccinated and prove vaccination just to go eat at a restaurant. Like the the sheer ignorance of the science that it takes, like how little you have to understand what COVID has actually done and where it's a threat and where it's not is just remarkable. Like this is just a man on a power trip. This is the very definition of a petty tyrant. This is a man using what is left of his authority because he's about to have none and he's trying to use whatever he's got left to just flex his will on people and become a champion of the dictators. I I don't know what the end game is here, but he, he genuinely governor. I mean, yes, but he's never going to win. <laughs> so it, like this, this goes back to the notion of if you're, uh, if you're inclined towards these, these notions of being a tyrant, That's exactly why we have the rules in place to prevent you from doing this. You're bringing out the absolute worst in yourself by doing this. And just, I'm going to pass these laws and I'm going to do it because I think I can. My favorite quote in the entire article is when he says he does not anticipate any legal challenges. Yeah, I was going to read that. So he does. The reason why he says he doesn't anticipate any legal challenges. It's like, we're confident because it's universal. It's like our health commissioner has put a series of mandates in place. They have won in court, state court, federal court every single time. It's because they are universal and consistent and protect people right now from a clear and present danger. So he thinks because he can just lock down everybody or vaccine everybody that is universal. And therefore, he's not going to get any uh, 
legal challenges for some kind of, uh, you know, segregation or uh, nuanced position of who can and cannot be vaccinated. He's basically saying because he's vaccinating everybody that he's within his uh, legal boundaries. So we're going to find out. I, I, my God, I hope he's wrong. I, I can't fathom how quickly people have turned. And I love the people online mocking everybody of like, oh, my freedoms. Like, yeah, no, keep laughing until they're freaking gone. Like what this matters. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you are terrified of this virus that unless you are old, obese or have a significant health issue poses almost a zero percent statistical mortality risk to you. I'm sorry that they've scared you so badly. You think sticking one of these experimental shots into your child is a good idea. Like that, that that makes rational sense to you. I'm sorry. Genuinely, I am sorry. I've been doing everything I can to point out why it makes no sense because children do not spread it effectively. Children do not die from it. Children do not get very sick. The peak hospitalization when they rolled COVID cases in with RSV child hospitalization rate was about 0.003%. And these idiots are out here like, well, if they want to eat in public, they better get this jab. Here's the reality. The long-term safety data is not done. We, they didn't even test enough children ages five to 11 to to adequately study the effects of myocarditis or pericarditis on the children. We have absolutely no idea what is going to happen long-term with this. But Stephane Bancel, CEO of Moderna, came Overall out. Overall good guy. I mean, obviously, wonderful human being. Just tried to steal from a children's hospital, but, you know, whatever. This dude came out and said, well, with Omicron, um, we're, we're probably going to have to adjust and get a new vaccine. And they went, what? They're like, or, you know, we'll just have to increase the dosage because that, that might work. And all I can think of is the Oxycontin mantra of, well, just double the dosage. If somebody's having pain, you just double it and then double it again and then double it again. Like, guys, we already fell for this once as a country. Why are we doing this again so easily? Do we learn nothing? Have we, like, do we have no sense of where we came from? Where, look, these people are sociopaths. They don't care if you get better. They don't care if you get sick. They care that they are making money. And guess what happens if they have to double the dosage of their mRNA? You get rid of more supply. Oh, you got to buy more. What do you know? <laughs> Shocker. I mean, Pfizer's already 30 micro units of mRNA to Pfizer's 90 or 100. Or to, I'm sorry, Moderna's 100. And they want to double it? Well, what are the what are the negative consequences to that? I have no idea. Neither does anybody else. You want to know what's really funny about those child trials where they tested it on kids? At first, they tested some kids at 10 micro units, some kids at 20, and some at 30. They had to stop testing kids at 30 micro units at the adult dosage because literally every kid was having significant adverse effects. So now we're going to double it for adults for a strain of the virus that is of little to no threat whatsoever and is actually less harmful than Delta. We're going to do that. Really? And everybody's just going to get on board, huh? We're just we're just going to fall in line and, and march along? I just don't understand. And this is the thing on the kids. I know I've made this point before. How in the world, if we know that the dosage matters, and we know that all these kids had a very bad reaction to the higher dosage, which is how they settled on 10 micro units of mRNA, you're telling me a 4-year-old that weighs 40 pounds is the exact same dosage as a 11-year-old that weighs 160? We think that's we, we don't think that's going to end badly. Like we're, we're pretty sure we just we nailed it. We got it right. No matter whether you weigh thirty five pounds or one hundred and eighty pounds, if you fit this age range, this is the dosage. That seems bold to me. I don't know. And now you've got these 
petty tyrants coming out and mandating, well, if you want to go out and do anything, you're going to have to get vaccinated even if you're five. But COVID is no threat to a five-year-old. Literally, statistically speaking, you couldn't measure it. It's so low. Well, vaccines are safe and effective. For who? We don't know that. We have no idea. And yet here we are. Well, no, like 55 years. We, well, I mean, eventually we're going to find out. My when those, God, when those kids are getting ready for Social Security, they're going to find out. I just hope to God <laughs> that they are as safe and effective as they've been promised. But the idea that we know that is just not grounded in reason. Do you think uh, they picked the 55 years because they know that's after the Micronova? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I Listen, I obviously it's perfectly reasonable that an entity of the government could only produce 500 pages per month of documents that are already sitting there in PDF form on their computers that they could realistically only be expected to turn over 500 a month for the next 55 years. Yeah. It's a crazy Say world. that again out loud. No. Our government legitimately requested from a judge, hey, we'll turn over all the information that they requested that we use to make the decision to approve of these brand new vaccines that have never been used. And I know there's been some weird reactions, but I think a reasonable number is 500 pages a month. And then the defense or the other side goes, "What? Do you, that'll take 55 years. And they went, yeah, uh, it's just that's a reasonable number. What? Yeah, they said it right out loud. They didn't even try to hide it. No, and people just went, and, and like nobody cares. Of If that does not set off red flags in your head, what will? Of Wait, why, why, do you, why can you only do 500 pages a month? That's insanity. Of course you could do more than that. You could, you could do 500 in a day. Yeah, that's no, crazy. No, we're just going to roll with it. All right, cool, awesome. All right. Feeling warm and fuzzy. Perfect timing. Let's talk about Ghislaine Maxwell. I quit. So, as you guys all know, we have completed uh, week one, five days of uh, testimony in uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's trial. Um, I think it's time to uh, go over a little bit of notes and uh, what we've learned in the uh, first couple of days here, the first week. Yay. First, I find uh, almost like housekeeping, I guess. Do we find it concerning, or I mean, I do, or is it more than concerning that Maureen Comey the daughter of former FBI disgraced, uh, former disgraced former FBI uh, head James Comey is her dad. So his daughter, the daughter of the uh, FBI director who knew about Jeffrey Epstein, the FBI that is knew about Jeffrey Epstein for decades, uh, covering the years uh, during which James Comey led that uh, agency. She is one of the uh, three prosecutors of Ghislaine Maxwell. Now, she was also one of the prosecutors of Jeffrey Epstein for the U.S. Uh, Southern District, the New York Southern District. And she's also the lawyer for, or the pros- one of the prosecution team for, um, what's his name? Nathan Tartaglione. Do you remember who he is? No. Nathan Tartaglione is the gigantic former police officer who was in the cellmate of Jeffrey Epstein. Oh. who was accused of strangling him and then relocated to another uh, cell. She is also his lawyer. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she is. That's not real. She's real. It's real. So is that weird or no? What? <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's just so put that in. She's house. prosecuting Jazay Maxwell. Yes. She also represented, she was prosecuting the police officer or she was representing the former She was officer? the prosecutor for, she was on the prosecute teams for Jeffrey Epstein before he killed himself. Got it. For 
Nathan Tartaglione, the, his cellmate, Got and it. now Ghislaine Maxwell. Do we not have any other prosecutors? Other than Comey's daughter? I mean, we have some, right? I mean, there's three in this uh, case. At least there's so. some. I mean, there's others. What in the world? Uh, she's got plum gigs, I guess. Oh my God. You think it's a, uh, I mean, coincidence. Yeah, I mean, Meritocracy lucky. all the way. No nepotism at play. Lucky. But anyway, so I just wanted to set the some housekeeping with that weirdness just off the, just to start. And the judge, I don't want to say something wrong here, but I feel like the judge in the Tartaglione case was also the same judge for this case. Oh, I don't know that. I Did Did I hear that correctly up. that Joe Biden's administration has already offered this judge a promotion upon I the feel like she, of yes, the Yes, I feel like she is already in line for another gig. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, also, just another piece of housekeeping things. The New York City medical examiner resigned oh, on day one of the Maxwell trial. I think yes. that's weird. So the person who actually, you know, was the the head of the New York City Medical Examiner's Office resigns on day one of the trial. She's She's got a private gig lined up for herself. I couldn't find out what that is yet, but just some weird housekeeping things I wanted to kind of point out before we actually talk about what was coming Come through in the case. But we're already starting off on craziness, right? I mean, it, this whole yes. thing has been crazy, but still. Um, So what did we get? So we got, in day one, we had um, some basic... Uh, testimony, but the big one was we had victim number one who uh, went by pseudonym Jane, uh, basically saying how she was, uh, she had met uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein when she was 14 at uh, the Interlochen. It's a music school or an art school in Michigan. Epstein and Maxwell were uh, uh, contributors to their uh, success, let's just say, and met Jane at this, uh, this camp and basically took her as a financial backer and basically turned that into uh, sexual abuse for at least multiple three or three or four years anyway so sometimes she was 14 to 17 now i know this i know without this is not like jane is not a like i know who jane is most people who are following along know who jane is because her sister's been tweeting along who was also a victim and has been basically saying jane's real name in public i don't think we need to worry about it but um this is a one of the this is the sister of one of the public, the victims who have come out publicly basically saying what has been going on. So um, there's additional information that many people are aware of regarding this victim, but the basics are she met Epstein and Maxwell when she was 14. They basically took her in as a, I mean, she was listed as his godfather on some kind of financial application. Um, so, and then she moved to New York City, whatever, uh, from there. But anyway, so that was kind of, laying the groundwork of some of the testimony and it was very graphic and I'm not going to kind of repeat any of that here because I'm guessing YouTube will not allow me to. Um, but it was very graphic and you know, she ended up leaving the, the, the stand basically sobbing at the end. So, um, also on the on the trial, I don't know. Do you have any, did, did you pay attention to any of the stuff that I, I was, mean, kind, yes, I was sharing some of the stuff? You know a lot more about this. Than um, I do, so you keep and going. so on day two, I think where most people got excited or, you know, at least we got some confirmation of some information that we already thought we knew. And this was from Epstein's pilot, um, Vivovsky, I think is his name. Um, so he testified that Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Prince Andrew, John Glenn, Lex Wexner, Kevin Spacey, former Senator George Mitchell, and some famous violinist that I don't know all flew on the Lolita Express. So these were confirming all these people had at least 
been on that plane at some point, and he had identified all of them as being there. He was usually, as he testified, was notified if somebody of note was boarding the plane. Um, so we got some names, right? Bill so we Gates. got what's that? Bill Gates. Uh, he has been on the plane. That was not. He was not testified. This pilot did not testify to that name. Basically. He just affirmed, which was weird because the defense was actually bringing up these names. It wasn't the the the, the prosecution. It wasn't Maureen. It was the defense being like, "Did you fly? Did you see Bill Clinton on your plane?" He's like, "Yes." Did you see Donald Trump? He said, "Yes." He basically just lying about a list of people, basically confirming. Yeah, like it was weird, right? It's kind of weird the defense is bringing these names. Is so I, I don't know what the defense's strategy. I'm assuming that they're going to try to paint it off as Epstein was some super villain yes. and Epstein was just and Maxwell got, was just yeah Maxwell just got dragged along. Yes, I agree um, with that. But so that seems to be where they're going. But it's interesting that the defense is actually bring, the one bringing up the names, not the prosecution. So, um, and again, that and that we also wrap day two was also the wrap up of victim uh, Jane's testimony. So basically, it was very salacious uh, day two of the trial. Um, it's on day three. It seemed as though the also the defense was trying to blame the victims, mm-hmm. uh, basically, and also claiming that they were misremembering stuff, uh, you know, in large part to try to ca- cash in, right? So they had the, vic- the Epstein's victim fund. Um, I'm guessing all four of these victims have gotten some kind of compensation through that fund. I know the, we'll get into this a little bit, the victim two testified today that she has. I'm assuming that I'm almost positive that victim number one also has received money, so good on them. But they're basically bringing that as a knock against their credibility by saying that they're doing this for money. So, um, you know, clearly the defense is going to try to paint Maxwell as a kind of a pseudo victim, pseudo victim of Epstein and that the true victims are in it for money and some kind of fame and fortune, which seems mind boggling weird. So, um, on day four, the prosecution brought in a grooming expert. So somebody who not a dog groomer kind of expert, but a uh, psychological groomer, uh, of sorts. So somebody who would be an expert on the idea that, uh, Epstein and Maxwell were, uh, preying on, uh, individuals who they could kind of groom and manipulate into, right. Uh, pawns in their, their big game. So, um, I, the, the one thing I, that the, the defense, at the end of their te- their the end of their cross examination, used a quote. It's like my grandfather used to take me to the Bronx Zoo. Bronx Zoo is that grooming? Like basically, literally asked that as like a legitimate question to this groomer. So clearly, trying to minimize or diminish the testify the testimony of the expert by basically saying that any good behavior apparently could be considered grooming in her world. So um, also, uh, who testified there was. Uh, I don't know if you want to call him a maintenance guy or a housekeeper, but this last name gentleman, Alessi, uh, who basically said he saw hundreds of girls at the Palm Beach estate, mostly topless, um, you know, basically kind of testified to the debauchery that was going on in multiple uh, residents there. So he also visited Glenn Maxwell's home in uh, London. So he was also the guy who testified the existence of the black book. So we're all kind of aware of you paying attention. There's a black book of, uh, uh, celebrities and names of addresses. And uh, uh, this is a, a black book of, of Jeffrey Epstein, a contact book. Um, they also showed uh, evidence of pictures with uh, Maxwell and Epstein with the Pope and Fidel Castro, obviously, and a bunch of sex toys. 
It's a weird kind of combination. The Pope, Fidel Castro, and sex toys. But anyway. Not all in the same Maybe page. we should name that the new podcast. <laughs> the Pope, Fidel Castro, and sex toys. <laughs> Is that good? I'd watch that. <laughs> At least one. Um, and so, and then to wrap up week one, um, the defense accidentally revealed the victim's name multiple times. Like I said, we, we know who victim number one is already, but they clearly were, and it's kind of this weird thing. So if you, I'm, I'm, I'm following along. And if you guys are not, if you want to follow along, I give credit to, uh, I think his name is Matt Lewis, but anyway, it's inner city press on Twitter. He's in the courtroom. He is basically live tweeting testimony questions and answers uh, in real time. So he's, and I was just checking in on, uh, they just went to uh, lunch break on, on Monday's uh, testimony. So I'll get into that in a second here, but he revealed that basically, Hey, they're, they're accidentally saying the name. He, he would basically type in the pseudonym when kind of regurgitating what the uh, defense was saying, because he was basically pointing out that, they accidentally have revealed these names here. So, um, but also that testimony ended and that it was kind of weird because the, uh, Palm beach police department started testifying and then that testifying ended on Friday and then they dismissed him before even testifying at all, uh, today, but today, and just to wrap up, um, what we know through the case was that uh, victim number two, which is uh, being used as Kate, um, pseudonym Kate testifies and is now, you know, part of the, uh, 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 I think that's where they are now within the testify uh, in the um, in the trial is on recess with victim number two, basically outlining her uh, relationship with Max, <clears throat> uh, Glenn Maxwell and and Jeffrey Epstein. So we're six days into this trial. We got some names. Uh, we got some some stuff, but nothing. I don't think any nothing new that something that I had not been already aware of anyway. And obviously I follow this probably closer than most. So maybe I'm not the right person to, to there, but in general, there has not been new information to me uh, from this. What I did find in what I find interesting is that there is a, and this is done through whatever the judge rulings were. Much of the evidence is not being displayed to the people in the courtroom. So, Really? Yes. So the jury has a unredacted version of evidence and the people who are, when this evidence is being presented to the people in the courtroom, it is being redacted and or not being presented at all just for, so there is some kind of suppression of information of evidence that's being disseminated here in this trial. I'm guessing that had to do with some of the uh, early rulings of the judge. And obviously I'm sure Maxwell is very happy and I'm sure anybody related to the Epstein, uh, uh, estate or, uh, enterprise would be very happy that some of these details are being uh, kept out of the public light as well. So I don't know if they ever will be made public, um, but the jurors are getting different information than the uh, people inside the courtroom. So um, we are one week in, one week and one day or half a day in here at uh, the Glenn Maxwell trial. Nothing makes me think that uh, like she's going to spill her guts and kind of turn state's evidence, if you will, and uh, kind of unload and uh, save her ass. I don't think, I think we're, we're well past that possibility. So I think we're just going to kind of go through there. I think they're going to try to suppress as much information as they can during this trial to try to keep as many names out of the uh, public as, as possible. Like I'm guessing she's, she's going to jail. I can't imagine that she's not. I mean, the, the testimony seems pretty, uh, uh, Cut and dry. <laughs> yeah. Right here so far. Um, you know, if you believe the victims, which there's no reason not to, they, they, they have been, they're, 
There's a lot of corroborating evidence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I'd like to see her go away forever. I'd also like to see more information so that we can send uh, some co-conspirators. So, like, some of the people, like, I don't know if you know, it's like Virginia Jeffrey. She's not part of this trial, right? Or, or Sarah Ransom. These are two other victims who are very publicly outspoken about what they went through. Um, neither one of those... So they're, I mean, they have other, other like, I don't know about uh, Ransom, but uh, Virginia Jaffray is the one who's also suing Prince Andrew uh, through multiple courts. So she's pursuing, you know, legal justification through her own means, but she is not technically part of, even though she, she's been mentioned multiple times in this, in this trial, she is not actually part of the trial, I don't think, because she's not one of the four victims anyway. So there's only four victims who are represented. And, and actually, all the crimes that are in this trial are between 1999 and 2004. So it's a very finite window. And if you notice, they're before he actually went away for sex traffic. You know, he was already in jail, Epstein was. So these allegations are all before he went away. So, again, ending it from 99 to 2004. I think he went away in 2005 or six or whatever. So yeah. um, either way, I don't think we're getting a full you know, outline of what happened here. I mean, we're getting a, a, a general outline and it's terrible, but I don't know that we're going to be, uh, I don't know if the general population is going to be satisfied with the information that's being coming out of the court. I mean, it's interesting and I, and I, I wish there was more coverage of this, um, but federal courts don't allow recording devices, even though inner city press, which has made a great point, there's no call in uh, option. So public calling, you could call in just listening to the proceedings. The judges denied inner city press made a, a motion, a couple motions to actually institute a call in line. And just as a side note, so to say that, you know, oh, maybe the federal uh, courts, they don't want to do this. Well, there's a, in the same courtroom up the, up the hall, there is a defendant in the January 6th uh, thing being prosecuted in the same court and they have a call in line there. So you can listen to that trial all you want but you can't listen to the glenn maxwell trial so there's there's clearly a it's not like unheard of for this to happen and they've just denied that that request so there is no public call in line they did have that for the pre-trial hearings and the jury selection so you could call in listen to that but nothing for the for the trial and and actually inner city press tried to when their second uh uh, request they tried to use the omicron variant as a you know reason say hey we're we think more you know instead of filling the courtroom that we should be able to listen to this on public, but it got denied as well. So we're one week and a day in or half a day in here. And um, again, I'll, I'll, you know, I think we got some names, at least some confirmation of some stuff, but it seems weird to me that the defense is the one bringing up those names. And it seems weird to me that the court, the judge and the court have decided to suppress much of the information, the salacious part, some of the names and details uh, that go into some of this testimony. So, the public is getting a, a different look at it than the, uh, the jurors, which I, you know, the jurors matter most, but I think that the exposing other criminals involved in this network is just as important as punishing Ghislaine Maxwell. And if we just punish Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein's dead, then there's going to be a bunch of criminals walking scot-free who did a bunch of heinous things in this planet. Uh, agreed 100%. And also Alec Baldwin was on page four of the black book. That's correct. Yes, he was in the book. Well, uh, tough, tough year for Alec Baldwin. I know we didn't bring this up during the Chris Cuomo segment. Did you see that he he was part of the planned interference run for the Cuomos? Like, so I think one of like Liz Booth maybe was uh, helping Cuomo kind of organize this, and she reached out to Alec Baldwin, and that's when we went on his uh, uh, like cancel culture overreaching tirade on Instagram or some shit, and that was basically in resp- basically set up to throw 
countermeasures for the Cuomos. Wow. So, just to go back to that. What a good, what he's a a nice good, guy. He's a good human. He killed a person, by the way. He did. He's killed more people than Omicron. Um, what? He has. One. I mean. That we know of. That we know of. Omicron's killed zero, Mr. Hussein. I'm sure it's killed somebody. Well, maybe, but they haven't found that out I yet. They so. don't know that yet. Um, so wrapping up on, on Maxwell here, because I know we're, we're, we're past our hour here, but I will be surely keeping keeping uh, tabs on Inner City Press uh, on Twitter as that person, uh, again, I think his name is Matthew Lewis. Let me see if I can find him. I'm going to give him props here. Matthew yeah. Russell. Matthew Russell Lee. So I was I was somewhat close. Matthew Russell Lee is the, uh, he's the uh, person who's basically, I don't know, he has a side story. So he was actually out, he's been banned from the UN because he tried to question, he actually did question, remember uh, Glenn Maxwell's uh, like Ocean Terra, what the hell was that called? Terra, Terra, maybe it was just called Terra, like her nonprofit who was saving the oceans or whatever. So they, Ghislaine Maxwell and her nonprofit who were saving the oceans used to have meetings at the UN with people, other UN officials, and this guy was trying to question them about Glenn Maxwell, and he got thrown out of the UN. Wow, this guy—he was—he was part of the, the, like resident UN media crew. Like he was basically—he had an office in the UN. He was there so much, and they kicked him out. So you can read about that a little bit too. Awesome. Maybe I'll send you a link. You can kind of That's read that. That's crazy. Too. But yeah, so he's been—he's clearly this guy, uh, Matthew Russell Lee. I don't know anything about his politics, but he has been at. Uh, in front of Ghislaine Maxwell and her uh, co-conspirators, uh, even all the way back to the uh, into the UN days. So give him credit. Follow him along. Um, he's gone from something like, I think when I followed him, he had like 30,000. Oh, yeah, he's got 133,000. He's picked up 100,000 followers this week. So good. Uh, doing a good job. And uh, I want to give him credit for uh, keeping us all informed here. So and very thankful that he is doing so. So please follow him along. Mr. Hughesong. We touched on a lot here. Um, anything you want to wrap up with Ghislaine Maxwell or uh, anything else we touched on? No, I just want more names. Uh, I want to know more info about what happened and who was involved. And I want these people to be, uh, if not criminally charged and uh, prosecuted, at least shamed in the court of public opinion so they can stop making public appearances and being cheered. Looking at you, yeah, Bill. because the people like Leon Black and Glenn Dubin, these, these people are, are not being punished right? at all. I mean, they, they, okay, they had to resign from their cushy gig. They got a bajillion dollars in the bank. They can do whatever they want. You know that Glenn Dubin's daughter was dated Epstein, right? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's super weird. From, from from the time when she was very young, just to say that. Oh, God. So, and did you know that Glenn Dubin's wife was a former associate of uh, Jeffrey Epstein? Actually, I did know that. Yeah, so he, like, just basically has his own girls, and then he just plants them in with uh, the people he needs to uh, keep on tap. So he basically has spies but I think working for him married to some of the most powerful people in the world. And that's not, that's not the Wasn't only one. Wasn't Chris Cuomo's wife ties to yeah. Jeffrey Epstein? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maxwell, more than I think Maxwell, Epstein. Maxwell, yeah. okay. Yeah, she was part of like some kind of social, inner social network uh, there. So I don't know. Maybe they had to get rid of Chris Cuomo for other reasons. Oh, my Chris God. Cuomo didn't kill himself. I'll just start that hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? No. Let's just get more names and keep following along. Another one is uh, on Twitter, Maxwell Trial Tracker. Yeah, I've been following him. It seems as though he's about five seconds after Inner City Press. Really? So he, does, I think he's just following what I'm doing. That's awesome. I mean, he doesn't. I, that person, I don't think, is in the courtroom. They have never let on that the, Inner City Press has basically said, "I'm in the courtroom. I'm, I'm, I'm there." Tweeting. So yeah, yeah and we're gonna get it. Um, I got you. So, but I, I do follow that one, and that one's got like that one's a new account. And that one's got like something like three hundred thousand. But I feel like it might be the same person who does the. Uh, 
Nancy portfolio tracker. Oh, that'd be wonderful. It's I one think of it's my the same favorite people. accounts on. That Twitter. was the very first account that this one tracked. Like okay. so, this one followed. It was Nancy Pelosi's tracker. So I'm guessing it's very. If it's not the same person, they're related. They, yeah, something. Um, all right. Well, on that note, I will be sure to uh, keep everybody updated on the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell trials that unfolds and uh, um, anything that goes along with that. So I'll remind everybody here to uh, like this video, share this video with your friends and your family, subscribe to the channel. If you uh, want to be uh, notified when we uh, go live, hit that notification bell and you'll get uh, alerts when we go live, which is pretty much every Monday at 12 p.m., Mr. Hughesong. Pretty consistent. 77 episodes in. I think we missed two weeks. Well, we're probably going to miss another one uh, over Christmas. Just heads up. We're going to take we're going to take some time off. At least I am. We're going to have to figure out when I'm because I don't know if I haven't told the folks yet, but I'm going to Florida for the month of February. Yeah, we're going to work it out. We'll figure that out. We'll have a show. We'll have a show during that time, but it won't be as won't be as uh, polished uh, studio show as this is because you guys know we're real, give us a couple weeks. We'll work it well out. polished. Yeah, yeah. By the time we're by the time we're ready to leave, I'll have it down. Yeah, you'll, you'll be ready. <laughs> I, I agree. I'm ready for 2023. <laughs> All right, on that note, thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you guys will uh, spread the word and see you all again uh, next Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern.